As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Careful making wishes in a I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Daniel Garcia for the All Angels Podcast. And on this episode of the All Angels Podcast, I will be joined by Taylor Blake Ward, the host of Locked On Angels Podcast. And we talk about the draft. And then we turn into talking about the future of MLB and kind of how we think their thing that the commissioner and MLB or uh, decisions they're making it will affect the future of the game. But before we get to that, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Simply Safe. With home security, there are two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. The award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get a comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbell alert doorbells will alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. You barely notice it there. But that's truly remarkable is that you can set up the whole system by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to, to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and get your free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. And like I said, this episode is me and Taylor Blake Ward talking about, starting off talking about the draft, and then we get into the other discussions down the road. Um, but it was always great having them on, and here you go. You know, we kind of started talking a little bit about the draft, uh, Johnny and I, but I knew you would be more of a guy that is more uh, detailed into it because of the work you've done in the past and work you continue to do with the draft. So um, one of the biggest things when this kind of delay happened for Major League Baseball was what's going to happen with the draft because their draft is unlike any other sport and it's in the middle of the season. Um, So what is your understanding of what's going to happen with the draft so far? Uh, right now, it does sound like it will be five rounds. Uh, I haven't heard anyone say that it's going to be longer. There was an attempt, I believe, to make it 10 rounds, but that would be the maximum we would go. So it does sound like it's going to be five rounds right now. 
Um, and beyond, if you're not selected in those five rounds, your signing bonus cannot be larger than $20,000 as an undrafted free agent, which is going to be for the college seniors um, who have another year of eligibility that has been granted by NCAA uh, to spring athletes so far. Um, also, there are going to be some set standards within the draft itself that I'm still getting to when it comes to signing bonuses. Um, I'm still getting information on that because it's not very clear, but there are certain restrictions on uh, the signing bonuses themselves and how the players will get their money once they sign if drafted in those first five rounds. And, and you, you're talking about the the max money an unsigned uh, you know unsigned free agent can get. Um, compare that to other years. What would be the max in other years? Talking to like fans that maybe. Maybe like myself, they pay attention to the first, you know, four or five rounds of the draft and then kind of just go back later once everything's done. So how how much does a normal uh, free agent go for? Well, you have to start with the uh, bonus pool. So every team is allotted a bonus pool, and it's X amount of money based on the draft slots that they have. So you can imagine the first pick in the draft is worth $7.58 million, something like that, right? And you carry on from that, and you go all the way through the first 10 rounds. Now, after that, you can sign players up to $125,000. That was last year. It was 100000 the year before. So if you signed a player in the 11th round or later for over $125,000, whatever that amount was went towards your bonus pool. So you'd see a lot of guys that would uh, be taken in the 9th and 10th rounds with their bonus slot around you know, $100,000 or something, and they'd sign for $10,000 because they were college seniors. That was their only option. And you would see that $100,000 be distributed to maybe the 11th round pick. You see a lot of high-end 11th round picks as opposed to or early teen picks, you know, 11th to 14th round picks uh, that are guys that were expected to go in the fourth or fifth round. And what you do is you use the money that you have extra in your bonus pool to get those guys. So you would see 11th round picks sign for you know, some of those guys would sign for half a million dollars and that was $400,000 that went towards the team's bonus pool, but they had that money available. So it was to a point, $125,000 last year, but you could sign guys beyond the uh, 11th round for over $125,000. As long as you stayed within your bonus pool limits with uh, a 5%. Um, if you went 5% over your bonus pool, uh, all the way up to 4.999 continuous, all the way up to that, it would be taxed. Uh, but if you went over 5%, you would lose a pick. So a lot of teams would just go over and get taxed over their bonus pool as long as they didn't max out beyond that uh, 5%. And you'd see teams even go up to, uh, you know, within $2 of that 5% at times even. Now with the seasons, the the amateur seasons, the college season and the high school seasons, you know, you kind of talked a little bit about the the college seniors, but kind of taking a step back and looking at high school seniors, you know, they have an opportunity to go to play uh, college ball wherever they want to go play. Um, if they were, you know, kind of ideally in that, you know, let's just say it does go five rounds. If they're ideally in that six, eight, nine uh, round uh, area, do you think they'll more likely still try to get onto a major league team or do you think they would try to go uh, and play college ball? Uh, you're not going to see uh, undrafted free agents come out of the, of the high school ranks. Um, and I, I'm sure I could pull up the exact ruling behind that, but you can't sign um, a high school player who doesn't have college experience uh, as an undrafted free agent. So that's not permitted. 
Um, but one thing is, uh, you know, these high school players can dictate their market a little bit. They can dictate their bonus and that could push them up or down in the draft. Uh, you know, you say that uh, a high school player of third round caliber, that is roughly a million dollar prep player. And he says, Hey, I'm going to sign for $500,000. You take him because it saves you a half million dollars for later in the draft. So you're not going to see as much of that this year. Uh, there's going to be about 150 players taken this year, roughly around 150. I would expect maybe 50, 60 of those to be high school players this year. It's going to be a very unique year when it comes to that. You're going to see a lot of incoming freshmen. And uh, three years down the road, that is going to be a very talented draft class because a lot of these high school players that would have gone to pro ball are now going to be at these D1, D, uh, D1 uh, programs. And there's going to be some very talented uh college baseball players in about three years now with that in mind do you think obviously short term it hurts those kids because they're not able to make the money they would in any other year but does this do something for the college game does it get more names out there does it get more um you know maybe higher attendance to those individual schools because maybe you have a high uh, highly regarded high school kid coming to your college Potentially. I mean, a lot of the high school or the high end high school prospects are going to be going to schools like Vanderbilt, UCLA, um, you know, the, the high end programs, those teams already draw very well, uh, especially in the SEC. SEC baseball draws incredibly well. It's a fantastic experience for these uh, high school athletes to go play in the SEC. Uh, but yeah, you know, maybe a kid that, um, you know, kind of pops up and he went to, I don't know, let's say Cal Poly, you know, up in central California there, maybe Cal Poly has a rise because they say, Hey, we have this potential top 15 pick out of nowhere uh, that we weren't expecting to get. Uh, and three years down the road, you know, this Cal Poly kid is now some very, I'm, I'm trying to think of specifics and I can't right off the top of my mind. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, there is a chance that the college, uh, college baseball may have a rise in um uh fan uh participation if that's what you want to call it um but uh but it's gonna be very interesting to see because uh you know we don't know who's gonna be drafted who's gonna say screw it i'm going to college i'm not dealing with this crap um and you don't know who's saying who's gonna try and take advantage of it and say look i'm gonna sign for uh half a million dollars because i want to go play pro and teams take them and do you think that's a biggest reason why or what do you believe is the biggest reason why the draft uh is potentially getting only cut down the five rounds and not maybe you know a 15 or 20 round draft it's all about the owners uh you know they want to save money and the draft um you know it, overall each team is going to be spending around 10 to 15 million dollars on the draft uh just on players alone obviously but owners are looking to save that money and, and it's it's absurd. I mean, um, I'm not going to trash on any player out there, um, but you know, you can go sign a guy like Cole Calhoun, who is a very good baseball player. There's nothing against Cole Calhoun, but he signed for 14, $15 million. Does that sound right? Roughly. Uh, yeah. So he signed for that. So you can get a, um, 14, $15 million player who is going to be your third or second outfielder. It's not a star caliber player. So you're saying that you don't want to spend the money on a lot of potential players who could be star outcomes uh, as opposed to, 
you know, it's all on the owners. They just want to save their money. It's it's a very selfish item, and I'm not going to specify on any specific owners because we don't know what owners were uh, really behind this. Um, but the owners didn't even want to draft. Uh, a lot of the owners were pushing, saying, "Nope, we don't want to draft this year." Uh, and the players' association fought for it. So props to the players' association for getting at least five rounds. I mean, you know, it sucks, but at least we get five rounds, right? And maybe ten rounds, possibly. Uh, it sounds more or, le- more or less like it's going to be five. But yeah, the players' association is to be praised for at least having a draft. Uh, and I'm I'm guessing those uh, compensatory picks and the ones in between rounds, those are still going to go on like normal. Because I know, obviously, uh, with the Rendon signing, I guess regardless of whether or not he hits the field this year, the Angels are still going to have to give up uh, one of their draft picks. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the Houston Astros will not have a first or second round pick this year. The Angels will not have a second round pick because of the Anthony Rendon signing and all the comp. Uh, compensation picks will still be uh, in place. And you just brought that up. That's an interesting uh, thing I just thought of. If they do, let's say, five rounds, Astros don't have a first or a second round pick, and they're stuck with a third, fourth, and fifth. Now how much more do you think that punishment weighs on them where before you thought it was only the first two out of a 40-round draft? Now it's almost half of their draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Astros still get to walk away pretty uh, clean with this, especially if we don't have a season as A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno can uh, just take a season off like everybody else and <laughs> come back next year. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Astros are going to be the team. You know, teams like that are going to be punished. Um, and no one would have expected this. You know, it's not like the Angels sat there and said, hey, you know what, suddenly we have only four picks instead of five, and that's a surprise. That's, that's a surprise for everyone with this COVID-19 going around. Yeah, with the Astros, that's a big hit. Uh, To only have a third, fourth, and fifth round pick, you really got a hit. But another item is that their bonus pool, uh, depending on how much the bonus pool does change, uh, it may honestly be a benefit to the Astros. uh, You know, in the terms of every team only has five picks, and the difference between three players and five players is not a drastic change. It's obviously... Uh, the better players are going at the top of the draft. But at the same time, you know, it's not like the Astros are losing out a ton outside of that first and uh, second round pick. Now, talking about some of these um, college seniors that might be out of luck because of the fact that there's only five rounds. Um, in my past, and I know it's a whole different sport, but I, I when I was coaching high school football, we had a kid that went to University of Oregon, did all his uh, five years in uh, Oregon, and when he went into the NFL draft, um, once it got down to the sixth and seventh round towards the end, we were talking and we thought it might be better for him to not get drafted and pick his spot. Do you think there's any of that kind of um, logic behind it where, okay, I didn't I didn't get drafted in the first five rounds, but at least now if I want to sign with a certain team because I look at their depth at my position, it's probably not great. I know I can probably get in there and, and, con- and contribute right away. Is there any kind of uh, positive to something like that? Um, there can be because you can imagine that some of these kids who would have been taken in like the 10th round as college seniors would only be signing for $20,000 roughly. So there is a little bit of a benefit to that. But at the same time, uh, you know, these kids understand that if you sign for that, there's not a big investment from the major league club into your talents. So you may as well go back to college, try and win a championship or try and win a conference championship, whatever it may be, and better your draft status with that extra year because you're talking about 
a 23 year old or a 24 year old who has all this experience under their belt, who's going to go out there and hit 400 against these incoming freshmen and sophomores. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. The biggest issue here is that these college seniors are not going to get their benefits, um, while in school. So they're not going to get, um, their food, uh, it, it all changes school to school, but a lot of programs are telling students that, you know, we're not going to pay for, uh, your rooming. We're not going to pay for your, uh, your books, your, whatever it may be, those kind of benefits that a lot of these student athletes have through these scholarships, because they've already, the, the program has already honored your scholarship of four years. Uh, and that's for schooling. So suddenly you have to worry about getting an apartment. You have to worry about paying for your books, which can be very expensive in college. You have to worry about paying for uh, your meals before games or things like this. And it's all different between different programs, but that's going to be a big deterrent um, to where kids are going to say, yeah, you know what? I want to go sign for $20,000 and go play pro ball. Now kind of moving ahead, obviously once they get drafted, they get assigned to uh you know, a certain team in the organization. How do you think this will affect the minor league system and uh, for MLB teams, not only now, but kind of going into the future? Well, this is a big benefit for Rob Manfred, who uh, wants to contract those 42 teams. And this is going to be a big benefit for him because suddenly the rosters are that much smaller. You have less players to put into rosters. And suddenly you say, Hey, you know, we're going to eliminate 42 teams. And, not worry about this problem for you anymore. We're going to eliminate those teams. It's, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this on my show is that Rob Manfred and the owners have now said, we're going to eliminate a thousand plus opportunities to join professional baseball through the draft. And also if you imagine there's uh, what, 27 guys on all these 42 teams, that's upward of a thousand spots in professional baseball that you're going to be losing as well. So Suddenly, you know, the owners and Rob Manfred have taken away a thousand opportunities in professional baseball. That's going to be where it hits minor league baseball is seeing uh, the opportunity for Rob Manfred to contract these 42 teams. And it's really upsetting um, because that's going to take away thousands of jobs in Midtown America. Uh, just with uh, here in California, you're talking about Lancaster, California. You're talking about Visalia, California. These are real issues that uh, are going to impact some communities even more so than baseball is impact uh, mid-america uh, communities and all the blame is going to go to baseball for that and the commissioner's office so uh you know it, i i was a big guy that supported rob manfred in the early stages of his career uh, as a commissioner but recently the decisions he's made i think he is a horrendous uh person to be at the forefront of baseball how much do you think is manfred being I guess in charge or how much do you think it is, is just him being a mouthpiece for the owners? Because the way I understand commissioners, I mean, and, and, it's, and, and it's hard to find a commission that everyone approves of just because of the nature of the job. But is it me or is it something like this is coming from up top? This is coming from the owners that want to kind of cut money where they can. I think it's a mix. Obviously the commissioners work for the owners. That is their job is to help the owners make money. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I'm, you know, I bash on the owners here, but at the same time, I respect a lot of owners for being in the position that they are because I would love to be a multi-billionaire who has the opportunity to own a professional baseball team. I would do, I love that. And they had to work. A lot of them had to work very hard to hit that status. Uh, you know, Artie Moreno in particular, uh, you know, this guy had to go from, 
Uh, not a great, you know, I mean, not that he had a terrible upbringing or anything, but he had to work from the ground up with his business of uh, what, what he does, um, the signs on the freeways. What do you call those? Billboards. Um, billboards thank yeah. you. <laughs> he had to work in the billboard business and that's how he made his money. I love that. Congratulations to Artie Moreno for becoming a billionaire through that industry and being a smart businessman. Outside of that, dude, stop screwing the kids. Like, and I'm not <laughs> saying that to Artie. I'm saying that to all 30 owners, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Rob Manfred, I, I think a lot of the decisions he's made uh, that have been exposed that they are his decisions outside of the owner's decisions, and that's where I really have a problem with that. Um, you noted that uh, there's not a universally well-liked uh, commissioner. Uh, I think that's very well known, but at the same time, commissioners kind of dig their own grave. I think that uh, Roger Goodell and Gary Bettman are perfect examples of that. Um, But I will say this, Adam Silver of the NBA, I think is a fantastic commissioner. I think he is a, I think he is so good at what he does. And I think that he has the players backing as well as the owners backing. Yeah, I think with the NBA, it being a little different because of the fact that the roster sizes are so small, you're one individual um, all-star, you know, future Hall of Famer on a team can do so much more for a team and a community than um, a single player on any one of those other sports. So it's 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 nice to be a player's commissioner in a sport where the players drive everything. I mean, in NBA, you're talking about like trade requests and everything that goes on with, with you know, obviously like LeBron and and all those other big guys like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, and that's the same with baseball. Baseball is a player driven league. No one cares about who owns the team. They care about who's on the team. I mean, uh, you want to talk about this winner as an example, Garrett Cole, everybody wanted Garrett Cole on the angels, you know, and it didn't work out. Uh, which ended up being an owner's decision that moved to Anthony Rendon. And when we figured out the money and what actually happened behind closed doors, uh, with the Yankees kind of being at the forefront without us and it never knowing. But yeah, the players drive the market and especially in the NBA where they have shoe deals, you know, they're selling shoe. I mean, do you have, do you own a pair of uh, Jordan Nikes or have you ever owned a pair of Jordans? I have when I was younger and didn't have responsibility and I can use money on, on shoes like that. But yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I have too, you know, I I've owned a pair of Jordans in my life and, uh, I've, I, I will admit right now, I'm not a big shoe guy, but I own a pair of Curry threes. I own a pair of Steph Curry Under Armour shoes. And that is, that is great that Adam Silver has permitted the players to dictate yeah. their own markets. And also it glorifies the team, which allows the owners to say, Hey, you know, Steph Curry sold me a couple thousand million jerseys and I get to profit on that because Steph Curry is one of the best players in basketball. And the owners say, yeah, I get my cut. Steph Curry gets his cut. And New Era or whoever, Nike or whoever does the jerseys gets their cut. Adam Silver, to me, is a fantastic commissioner who has made everybody happy. And I know that there's going to be people that disagree with me on that, which is fine. But, yeah, if Rob Manfred could get to that to where he's saying, go buy some Mike Trout Nikes. You know, Mike Trout has a freaking Nike line. Go buy those Nikes. And then, you know, say, uh, hey, go buy a Mike Trout jersey, too. And suddenly, New Era or uh, who, who does it? Nike does the jerseys now, too, huh? Nike's is doing the jersey this year, starting this year. I mean, I guess, yep. Nike's, I guess we're promoting Nike a lot tonight. Uh, <laughs> well, you got, you got you Under know, Armour in there. You're okay. You got Under Armour. Yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, rocking them now. Uh, you know, suddenly Mike Trout gets to make his money. 
and Artie Moreno gets to make his money on the jerseys, while Major League Baseball makes their money, and Nike also makes their money, and suddenly Rob Manfred isn't this villain because the fans get the jersey that they want. You know, pricing is a little rough, but that's across all sports, whatever it is. But it makes everyone happy, and that's just not what I'm seeing for Rob Manfred. I'm seeing him lean so far heavily towards the owners and leave the players in the dust. It's really upsetting. Yeah, and this is going to be the last thing I want to ask you because you've been great with us uh, so far. I noticed on your podcast you talked about your worried about the kids and where they're going to go in the future as far as um, sports, where their interest is going to be. Uh, can you just explain that a little more? Like when you met, like, you know, now the kids might be going to play soccer or NFL or, or uh, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I touched on it a little while ago is you, uh, Major League Baseball has tried to get into the inner cities, which is a great thing. Uh, Introduce baseball to a lot of talented uh, pl- uh, players, young amateur players who didn't have the opportunity to play baseball growing up because uh, baseball can be an expensive sport. And it's a little bit cheaper to go buy a basketball or go buy a soccer ball or whatever it may be. And suddenly you're telling, you know, all these kids that we're going to take away a thousand plus opportunities, not only to uh, make money when joining professional baseball via the draft, but also we're going to take away a thousand jobs because we're going to get rid of these 42 teams. So what is stopping these very talented amateur players from saying, screw it, I'm not going to play baseball because the opportunities aren't there. I'm going to go play football. I'm going to go play soccer. I'm going to go play basketball. I'm going to go play whatever sport because the opportunity is there for me to make money for my family and to become a professional. And in in baseball, they're eliminating a thousand opportunities for that. So screw it. Why should these kids, you know, if this kid is talented in both aspects of his life of being a basketball player and a baseball player, there are more opportunities for him to succeed as a basketball player. So why should he choose baseball in that opportunity? I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've worked with high school kids a lot and I've never met a kid that knew he was good and didn't think he was in, he was in the upper tier, whether or not he, he was or, or not. I just, I find it hard to believe that baseball is going to lose a lot of kids from this just because you look at the other options like football, football has its own issues. I talk to high school oh, yeah. coaches and, all the time I, and, 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 and they're losing kids. Uh, you know, left and right. I mean, by, by, you know, 50 per year almost. And that's just growing. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I see, and, I see and, and can I, yeah, I just, just to add on top of that, you know, I, I used football as an example, but yes, football is, is, is its own disaster. Uh, football is not only ruining careers, it's ruining lives. And it's been exposed about that. And that's why kids are mostly leaving uh, football over everything else, which is fine with, you know, that's a different story for another time because, uh, and I'm going to put some fault to Roger Goodell on that, but at the same time, football has its own issues and has for a long time. So uh, let's specify more soccer and basketball here. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> soccer, soccer. You know, you always think soccer, at least you know, on the men's side, you always think they're going to break through and it's going to be the biggest growing sport. And you know, and it, this, it seems like it hasn't been over, got over the top. Like I know they have great MLS, you know, teams, and, and that's growing in popularity. But I just don't see. A lot of the, you know, top end high school athletes, or even before high school, going to like a soccer route when they could play, like you said, NBA. But NBA is super limited. It just always seems like when you're looking for giant paydays, and you mentioned it earlier with Garrett Cole and his big payday. That's what the kids see. It's that guaranteed money. With everything else, it just kind of seems like 
well, you know, yeah, I might struggle a little bit, but I'm going to be so good that I'm not going to worry about it because that's all their mentality, and they're going to they feel like they're eventually always going to get up to the Garrett Cole or Mike Trout status. So I, I'm asking as a counter here, you're, you're disagreeing with with what I said there, and I'm I'm not I'm not being argumentative here. No. I'm just trying to get a read on this. No, not, <laughs> not, not not I'm not arguing with the point. Like I do believe they'll probably lose some kids. I don't think it's going to be astronomical to where they feel an, an effect. Or I definitely don't think they'll lose their top end guys. Like, yeah, you might lose out on, on some of the kind of guys that would have been, you know, a, a back and forth type of guy when he meet, reaches his career peak. But I think, you know, it, it, in, especially in, in prep sports, um, football is always kind of the, the king, whether or not it, it, you know, for your top end guys, they're not going to have the numbers. So their depth isn't going to be great. I just feel with kids, they always see what's on TV and the, and with MLB, it's always the, guaranteed money the big contracts the, the garrett cole contracts the mike trout con- contracts you know nba is great but there's only you know what 10 guys per team that's that's you know not a lot of opportunity okay. when, when, when you look in the nba way nba uh side of it okay and, and i'm uh i will uh i will respectfully disagree with you and I think that you and I, well, you and I have had those conversations yeah, yeah. where we've disagreed on oh, things, yeah. and it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you and I disagreeing on something. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this one, and I'm gonna say that, uh, and and yeah, obviously the top end talent. If you know that you're a top end baseball player, you're gonna go play baseball above everything else. But if you're split between two sports, right, right. and you are a kid that has an offer to go play. Um, D1 baseball and D1 football and D1 basketball, because there are kids that have to make the decision between football and baseball. They have to make the decision between basketball and baseball. I think you're going to see more kids lean towards the other sports because of where baseball is right now. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see some kids doing that, but you know, I I mean, we can go on this forever, but yeah, I I mean, you have your way. I have, I think, you know, I'm not saying my way is right, but just, you know, if everyone agrees, this would get really boring really quickly. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell me to pound sand, man. No, What's okay. up with you? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got soft on me. That's yeah. what happened. No, I mean, I mean, you. I mean, I've talked to you know some players. Like obviously not the amount of players that you talk to, but some of them that I have talked to. When I asked them what made you switch, you know, there were multi-sport. Uh, players in high school what made you change and a lot of them was you know what baseball wasn't my first love but it was what I was better at and that's why that's why I went there and I just feel like that's kind of always going to pan out where if you know baseball not my yeah, baseball not might be my favorite sport but I'm a lot better at baseball than I am at basketball so I'm gonna obviously go to baseball I think that's probably more of a a, a determining factor when it comes to like a choosing a, a multi-sport like that is just which one am I better at which one can I exceed at that's fair. I mean, you and I are probably talking about the same two guys here because they both had decisions to make between baseball and football. If, if I'm guessing right about who we're t- having these conversations with. Well, one of them was probably Brandon. I talked to Brandon about it. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the I, other was Jordan. Jordan, right? Well, I haven't, I haven't actually got to sit down and talk to Jordan Adams yet, but I did talk to, um, ah. I have been, I did before um, Tyler's passing. I asked him that question because he was a big, big basketball guy and he played basketball in high school. I'm like, well, why didn't you play basketball, you know, going forward? He's like, I was just better at baseball. And I just went to go play baseball. Yeah. No. So I got one of the, yeah, but yeah, I mean, what's stopping. So Jordan Adams, right. Right. He's going into pro ball and he's a first rounder, all these things, but the summer 
that he was going into the draft, he was not a first-round pick. He was viewed as a very athletic kid who maybe would have gone in the third, fourth, fifth round, something like this, who had a D1 offer to go play for his dad at uh, a pretty premier program. North Carolina, What's stopping him from sitting? Yeah, that's where his well, his dad moved to coaching at. Uh, he's at Mississippi State Ole Miss right now. now. He's at Ole Miss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's State, down right But uh, you know, suddenly Jordan Adams is saying, "Well, screw it. I, you know, they're going to send me to Arizona because there is no Orem, and they're going to they're not going to give me the opportunity to go play in Burlington the next year. I have to wait till uh, the California League until this point. No, screw it. I'm going to go play football and do a, a very good football career because I think Jordan Adams would have been a great football player. That's where that's where my attention is is more um, when Jordan Adams is a junior and he's saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to go play baseball in high school because it's fun, but I'm going to say, you know, Jordan Adams very easily could have said his junior year said, no, screw it. I, I don't want to play baseball as a career. I want to go play football. No, you're right. That's that, where my, yeah. right. And I mean, you know, it, it, I could be totally wrong. I could be dead wrong, but those are the kind of things that I'm kind of focusing in on when it comes to this. No, and that makes complete sense for him. And, and you know, obviously, there's not going to be one blanket reason for everybody. So, yeah, and, and that makes perfect sense for someone like Jordan and 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 what he had in his mind going forward in his career. Um, but Taylor, thank you so much for uh, joining me. And, and go ahead and tell people if they don't know already, and I'm sure sure they already do. Um, tell them where they can listen to your podcast and, and interact with you on Twitter. Absolutely, man, and always love coming on with you. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast, it is Locked On Angels. You can check check us out lockedonangels.com. We're all over all the podcasting networks. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Taylor Blake Ward. And uh, always a pleasure talking with you, buddy. Always. Thank you very much, and um, stay safe. And hopefully, we'll have you on again when baseball gets started. Sounds good, buddy. I'm with that. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And again, I'd like to thank Taylor Blake Ward for joining me and just chatting for a little bit, talking baseball in, in a time like this, always uh, talking some kind of baseball is always welcome. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter if you don't already do, and I'm sure a lot of you do, but it's at Taylor Blake Ward again on Twitter. Um, so again, uh, Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, help us spread the word, tell a friend. And again, too, if you need, uh, have a question, comment, or anything like that, you can always reach us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on our social media feed, Halo underscore Haven. But until next time, I am Dale Garcia, and we will talk to you later. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.